Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and Gemma. Good morning. Gemma, it's good to have you on the show this morning. We did miss you yesterday. It's nice to be back. Yes. (laughs) I I hear you come back bringing uh, gifts to share around, hopefully not. Oh, I'm going to keep them to myself. I'm going to try to. I have a bit of a cold. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm already immune. I've had it. Been there, done that. Uh, well, the thing that I'm thankful for, actually, is the fact that I got to go camping over the weekend. Cool. And that was great. And camping it was is always good. Tons of fun. Fantastic. Really good time. Except the downside to that is I was gone for a weekend. I didn't drink enough water. I didn't get enough sleep. And my immune system is now... Is like, what have you done? What have you done to yourself? So now I have a cold because yeah, my immune system is trashed. But I'm I'm thankful for the camp though. The camp was great. Well, Just- I'm I'm thankful that I have a co-host this morning. Oh. Nice to be back. Mix up of communication yesterday and uh um- You were a bit stranded, I'm sorry. I was listening in from home and you did really well without me. <laughs> Well, we got there and then of course um super thankful that Darren turned yes, up. Yes, Darren the legend. What a hero. And uh, yeah, ran through the rest of the show with us, so that was um, was amazing. I won't leave you stranded again. That's good. That's good to hear. I'm I'm very glad to hear. <laughs> that. This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Tell me, Gemma, Uh-oh. whereabouts did you go camping? We went camping... Called, uh, the campground was called Violet Hill, and it's like an hour and a half north of here. An okay. hour north of here, yeah. And it's on a hill? On the coast. It was on a hill. On a, a hill on the coast? A hill on the coast. So you could see the sea? By the water. No, we were actually like right next to the water. Uh, no. If you were right next to the water, you were at sea level, not on a hill. We were... Oh, well, maybe... See? Okay, uh, all right, okay. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so maybe yeah, Violet yeah. Hill was... Is, was you have to go up a hill to get there, and then you go down on the other side, and you camp on the bottom of the hill on the other side. Okay. Near the water. So you crossed a hill and camped on the water. Yeah. I wonder why they call it Violet Hill if it's right down near the water. They should call it Violet Beach. They should. Maybe it is called Violet. What is the name of the beach? I don't remember. It was Violet Hill. It was called Violet Hill. I'm positive. <laughs> uh, and was there much violet happening there? It wasn't. They They really need to rename it, okay? I'm going to petition that... We changed the name. Yes. Whoever agrees, just give us a call. You know what our number is, one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and we'll change the name of this place that I've never been to or never heard of before. One other day is that I look to the world for for a sense of belonging And gone are the days that I thought I would give my life to lies Gone are the days And gone are the days Gone are the days that I sought for myself to please for a sense of my glory And gone are the days that I thought I would give my life to 
Svensson with Gone Oh Those Days. This is The Breakfast Show and Gemma is about to start off with our first clue for our quiz. Today's quiz is a what number am I? And the first clue is because Jesus wasn't even this old, the Jews couldn't understand how he could have seen Abraham. Oh, Lyle's gone for the pen. Pen's in his hand. Does he know the answer? Oh, oh. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not surprised anymore. Like I just, all right, okay. Okay, so if you would like to win a prize, what's our prize this morning? The prize today is a copy of Kemi Ogendi's CD, A Note to Self. Yes. Yes. We're going to play some of her songs later. We are. So, yes. All right, so that album is available. If you know how many years old Jesus was not yet. <laughs> it's a bit of a... <laughs> it's a According fun to clue. the Pharisees. It's a, when it's a were, fun clue. When he, when, when, when he claimed that he'd seen Abraham and they're like, yeah, you're not even this many years old. Uh, the number to call is 1-800-FAITH-FM or one 800 
four three, or you can text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine with your answer, and you'll be getting your free album, your Kemi Ogendi album, uh, if you know the correct answer. So call us right now. What's happening in positively different news, Gemma? I have two different stories today, both on the topic of communication. Okay. Okay. So the first one, a friend actually sent to me. So my friend is studying to become a speech pathologist at Newcastle Uni, and she sent me an article that she found, which she thought was very interesting, and I thought it was very interesting, so I'm deciding to share it with all of you. And hopefully we will find it very interesting. And hopefully you'll find it, well, if not, you're boring, because I thought it was great. So (laughs) the article talks about... Uh, this lady who's 26 year old and she is a speech pathologist. Okay, so she's done her degree, she's finished her degree, she works in speech pathology. Um, her name is Christina Hunger, and she's of the belief that everybody deserves a voice. Right. Right. Okay. Um, she typically works with one to two year old children who have um, difficulties learning or older children that have some kind of disability that um, affects the way that they communicate. Um, so. She did a little bit of a an interesting, I don't know, I want to say experiment um, with her pet dog. Right. Okay. So, she created uh, a button and the button says outside. So, you push the button and it's outside. So, she put the button down on the floor and she tried to teach her dog like she would using the normal techniques that she uses when she's teaching kids or people that have disabilities. And she uh, basically, every time they press the button that says outside, they'll open the front door. And she right. did that for a couple of weeks just to kind of see if the dog would catch on to what was happening, right? Right. And then the dog started pressing the buzzer with his foot, right? And whenever the buzzer went off, she would get up from whatever she was doing and she would go and open the front door. And anytime she would leave the house opening the front door, she would make sure she pressed the button on her way out. And within the first couple of weeks, every time the she opened the front door herself, the dog would look. And every time she pressed the button, the dog would look to the front door. So he was starting to recognize that the button corresponded with the front door being open. Yep. Right? So that was just within the first couple of weeks. And then after that, the dog started to press the button on his own. She would open the front door and he would go outside. Nice. Do his business and come back inside. Yes. Anytime he wanted to go. And she was like, well, that was really interesting. Like, it only took about a month for the for him, the dog, to learn outside and what that means like that means the front door will be open so she decided to add some more buttons and continue to train the dog and see what would happen so the buttons that she added were eat water play walk no come help buy and love you and she added all these buttons that's a lot of buttons that's a lot of buttons she went from like one to (laughs) ten okay like pretty quickly um and she spent time every day uh working with this dog to teach and train the dog how to um, yeah, basically use these buttons. And instead of like rewarding the dog with treats, like, you know, when you're teaching a dog how to do something, you, yep. you know, you give it a treat. Instead of doing that, when the dog hit a button, she would just do what the correspondence for that button was. So if it was play, she would then give the dog a toy. If it was outside, she'd open the door. If it was, um, you know, eat, she would fill up the food bowl. Or if it was water, she'd put more water in the bowl. Um, and amazingly... This is actually it, is, works. Is this a reversal of roles, though? This is this is what I'm wondering. Ooh. Is there a reversal of roles here? Has has the dog now become the master, and the human become the pet? I feel like 
a little bit because she um, she hasn't she made an Instagram page for this kind of whole journey with the dog and the buttons and it got a bit of traction. Um, and one afternoon, she's she's put a story up that basically <laughs> says one afternoon, shortly after daylight savings had finished, she uh, the dog hit the eat button at about 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And she was like, I'm not going to feed you at 3 p.m. Like, it's not dinner time. It's not lunchtime. You're just, you don't know what's going on because daylight savings is a thing. So I'm not feeding you because it's 3 o'clock, right? Cause, and the dog kept repeatedly hitting the eat button. And she just said no. And then she 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 left, right? She just said no. And like talking to the dog, no, I'm not feeding you. And she walked out of the room. As she walks out of the room, she hears the buttons go off. Love you. No. <laughs> really? Actually. Actually, really, the dog realized that the owner was not going to feed him, so he was like, love you, no, hit two of those buttons together. And that was the first time the dog had actually strung two buttons together um, when she refused because he was like, feed me, eat, 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 eat. I and am she said to the dog, She said to the dog, no, I'm not feeding you. She walks out of the room, and as she walks out of the room, she hears the buzzers go off, love you, no. In other words, the dog has said, I hate you. Yeah. You're not I'm, feeding me, I'm so like, I hate I'm you. hungry. I want food. <laughs> no Legit, way. I see. Look, now you- No. Okay. I told okay, you I, this was interesting. Yes, I am super interested right now. <laughs> so, today, the dog can has learned over 29 words and has, com, um, has been able to combine at least five at a time to make a phrase or a sentence. Amazing. I was like, this can't be legit. But there's so videos. What's the, the most complex sentence that the dog has? Um, I'm not. I'm kind of not I recommending this. Know. I'm not, not going to go down this path with my dog. Um, yeah, I because feel, mm. it's a little bit too much communication with the dog. The dog needs to know who the alpha is in the home. Um, well, she did make a statement about that kind of thing. She says, I think it's important. Um, I think how dogs. I think how important dogs are to humans. Just imagine how much deeper the bond could be. Yes. And the idea behind developing that deeper communication. I'm still not putting buttons in my house. <laughs> but yeah, so there's videos. I don't you want can... my dog to say, I don't love you. So there's <laughs> there's there's different videos. That's what the board looks like. You can see it because I'm going to show yeah, you a picture. Like a so you can go and Google this and find her on Instagram. The Instagram name is hunger4words, like the number four. So hunger number four words. And you can go follow them on Instagram and you can see the dog and all of the buttons that it uses, how it communicates with its owner. What kind of dog is that? It is a blue healer. Doesn't look like a blue healer to me. Oh, I think it's a blue healer cross it's like a red something Kelby. else. Hang on. No, wait. It is a blue healer cross. Nah, it's, a, it's not a blue healer. No, it is. <clears throat> it is. There we go. I don't know how to pronounce that. I breed. have a catalogue. Okay. There you go. Cross yeah, blue it's healer. A, it's a cross. Anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Um, <clears throat> Very clever dog. This is this is this is kind of bending my mind. This I, is this is, I knew this is revealing this would be that, I knew that dogs this. have a higher level of self awareness than we give them credit for. We give them credit for. Mm. I wonder whether the dog really knew it was saying the equivalent of "I hate you," or whether it was just saying "I'm sad and disappointed" when it said "Love, Love you, no." Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it brings it together like, like just just wow. I mean, how would you feel walking out? Of your house and your dog says, I don't love you. Ooh. That's, that's cold. That's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, because a, a dog always loves you. My dog always loves me regardless of, 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 of whether he gets fed or not. He always loves me. Are you I know sure? This. Are now you I'm, sure, though? Now Do you, are you actually now suddenly, sure? Now I'm suddenly thinking, does my dog really love me? 
Or does he only love women when I give him food? But it just raises a whole bunch of questions, like the way we treat animals and things like that. How does conscious are they? How yes. much do they understand about what's going on? Yes. And I mean, this little experiment that she did clearly shows that her dog knew a little bit more than, you know, she originally gave him credit for. Indeed. Pretty amazing. That is very amazing. But yeah, I don't tell um, Wow. I don't know if I'd want to try that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, what else is happening in the world of... Po- oh, we're, we're out of time. Look I know. Oh, I'm going to have to save my second story for tomorrow. You'll right. have to come back. Yep. Hear my other tomorrow. story tomorrow. What'll happen tomorrow. We're going to have uh, Marion Blythe Peppers. There is a fountain. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. You're listening to Marion Blythe Peppers with There Is a Fountain, and right now we're going to have another clue for our quiz, so get ready to give us a call. What number am I, Gemma? 
The next clue is Obadiah hid prophets in two caves. In each cave, he hid this many prophets. Hmm. You, hmm. I wrote the wrong. You really do realize I wrote the wrong number down there earlier, don't you? That looks like a. Oh, yeah. No, you did write the wrong number. I did. Wow. Got it right now, though. Oh. Yeah, that's the correct answer. That looks like that number. Those two numbers look the same. Your handwriting is messy. Yeah, this is true. But anyway. <laughs> okay, so you so could have you could, have, you could have had double prizes, but now you can't because he did get it. So there are no double prizes. But the prize is pretty awesome. You the get a Cameo Gendi album. And it, we've got it, some of her songs true. coming up in that's the true. show today. So it's going to be amazing. <laughs> anyway, Corona update. They have banned uh, wild animal consumption and sales in China. This hang on, hang on a second. Wait, wait, wait. Huge. They've banned wild animal... What? Sales and consumption. So coronavirus, you know, wild animal um, consumption, like eating wild animals is, is just a, a massive industry in China. Yeah, for sure. You know, eating things like bats and so forth. Yeah. And uh, they believe that the coronavirus came from a bat, through a went from a bat to a uh, pangolin to a human being. Huh. And that's how it came into, you know, into human how beings. How are they going to implement that, though? Like, there's no way okay, it's gonna that be everybody's going to gonna follow that rule, considering how big of a... Yeah, but have you seen how much surveillance they have in China? Yeah, in China, point. they watch everything everything yeah, you do. Every time you every time you breathe, they're recording it. Okay, good so point. So, if, contr- if they're going to control this anywhere, possibly China is one of the easier places to control it. I guess that's true. But I find it super interesting. I mean, this is just, this is so incredibly massive for a country like China and a culture like China. This is something that is, you know, China has never dreamed of before. But what I find most interesting is you have a atheistic communist government enforcing biblical laws, (laughs) which I just love. You know, I mean, it It is super countercultural. The simple reality is. That if Chinese people had followed the Bible, written three and a half thousand years ago, Ooh. they wouldn't have the coronavirus. The world would not have the coronavirus. The coronavirus would not exist. Ooh. In fact, out of the uh, all of the big epidemics that have taken place in the last uh, 20 years, only one of them would have existed if people had followed the Bible. Which one? Don't remember. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I did look it up a couple of weeks ago. But there was only one out of, you know, and there's been a lot of big there's viruses that have gone around the world. Yeah. And only one of them would ex- existed if people followed the Bible. Simple as that. Wow. Okay, so Australia is gearing up at the moment for a pandemic of coronavirus to hit here. Um, <clears throat> it is uh, believed that it is inevitable and a matter of time. And so it comes down to... You know, being prepared. Basically, hoping for the best while preparing for the worst. My immune system is already not functioning at peak capacity. (laughs) Okay, so the key then, I think, for Australians is to start thinking about a plan Mm. and being able to plan ahead because, you know, this is one of the... We have the benefit of time. We can plan ahead for something like this to take place. That's very true. And we need to recognise that, you know, quarantines and travel restrictions could, you know come into effect here in Australia in the next uh, few months. It's, it, there's, once again, we hope for the best, but we need to plan ahead and be ready for that kind of thing to take place. Um, and so uh, with with that kind of a situation on the, on the horizon, 
um, Australia is uh, starting to gear up for it to hit. They they kind of believe that it's inevitable because of the way that it is escaping around the world and and uh, just how quickly it spreads. So, yeah, interesting times in which we live. Anyway, moving on. One of the greatest social evils in Australia outside of alcohol is gambling. It destroys families. It destroys lives. It creates lifelong addictions. And, of course, gambling is one of those things in which the house always wins. That's true. Which is a very simple formula. (laughs) Yeah. The simple formula is that on average you will always lose. But people still do it. I know, and it's the dumbest thing (laughs) ever. But I do have a tremendous amount of sympathy for people who are caught in that particular addiction. And I would encourage anybody who's caught in that particular addiction to... Yeah, to you know, contact Gamblers Anonymous and to get some help. Mm. However, one pawnbroker uh, in South Australia has just been found that they are setting up um, jewellery buying sites in casinos. What? So, yeah, you gamble all your money away and you run out of money and it's like, oh, okay, pop next door and uh, cash in your wedding ring. Wow. That's, it's pretty cold. That's- Oh, that's sick. That's it's pretty cold. They're talking oh. about bringing in legislation to stop it, and so they should. They should bring Good. in legislation to stop gambling. Gambling, close down pokies and close down uh, casinos. Because you know, you're never going to stop gambling, but you can close that down. That makes no sense. Just they have ads everywhere. And like, to work at one of those places, you have to go through training and stuff to recognize when somebody is addicted, like yes. when it's an actual problem for people. Yes. Yet they're going to, you know, help feed the problem. Like, that makes no sense. And, and, and believe me, the, the, oh. the casinos are will twist any rule that they can to suck as much money out of you as possible. That's I'm a very good friend who amazing. was a, a card dealer at Star, Star City Casino. And, um, you know, he would see people that had been at the table for like 72 hours and just stunk. Yeah, and people just lose all track of time. And they'd lost their house. They'd lost their car. They'd, lo- they'd lost everything. They'd lost their family and they're still sitting there. Far out. Yeah, because like, they're going to win it back. They're gonna, the next hand, they're going to win it back. And, of course, it never happens. Um, so, yeah, there are some pretty low kind of things that happen in our world. Um, yeah. Okay, so another story. Uh, this one is about nappies. This is an environmental story. Wow, that was a change. Okay. Yeah, why not, let's, let's, let's talk, <laughs> talk about nappies. Uh, how many nappies do you think... So you've got, you've got all this ahead of you, Gemma. Yeah, I was about to say, you're talking to a, a single person. So when you, when you, when you, have, when no you, when you get married and have your first child, how many nappies is that child going to use? I don't know, but I feel like whatever number I say is going to be too low. So I'm just going to say a lot. Yes, a lot would be right. They're going to use about 7,000 nappies. <laughs> My number was definitely going to be lower than that. 7,000? So like what? It's like a, a full dump truck load of nappies. Oh. And that all goes into landfill. Wow. So it's a major environmental per, problem. That's per baby? Yes. That's oh. per baby. It's going to cost you $4,000 per child. Ouch. So that's, that's huge. That's the price of my car. Okay. <clears throat> um, there is a big movement, of course, uh, by environmentally uh, sensitive people to move away from disposable nappies and back to uh, reusable nappies. And so rather than costing you $4,000, if you go with the traditional terry cloth nappies, uh, that's going to cost you 100 bucks huh. for the whole entire babyhood of the child. That's not bad. That's a big saving. If you go, okay, these days you get these specialized ones that have all of the special, you know, absorbent kind of material and they have, you know, press studs on the side or you know, Velcro, <laughs> all this kind of thing. Fancy. Um, but they are 
ones that you wash mm. um, and reuse, it will cost you somewhere between five hundred to a thousand dollars, and you'll get your return on investment in at least five months, if not sooner. That's true. That's still cheaper than like four. Infinitely grand. cheaper. Like- and by the way, that five-month uh, return on investment includes yeah. the cost of doing laundry. Oh, wow. So including the cost, the electricity and water cost of laundry and soap, uh, you get your return on investment in five months. True. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because so, yeah, back in the, to wash back them. In the so, day, yeah, Back true. in the day, it was, a, uh, it, was, it was a choice either between terry cloth or disposables. Yep. But now you have these really fancy ones. They don't leak. Um, they're really easy to use. They don't give um, nappy rash, all that kind of stuff that the old disposable, the old uh, terry cloth ones used to. And so, yeah, a great alternative right there. Um, okay, do we have time for another story here? Let me see. Um, cheese. Oh, I, want to, I want to spend some time on this one. So I'll talk about this one. Okay, we'll talk about this one. High-fat diet, high-fat sugar uh, western diet impairs brain function with a significant effect taking place in just seven days. Your standard Western diet. Um, and basically what it does is it affects the hippocampus so that when you are full, you still desire junk food. Yeah, I'm kind of not surprised. Yeah. And I, I guess this is a piece of research that, yeah, one of those pieces of research that is um, you know, telling us what we already knew. And it creates a vicious cycle, whereas you feel... Like you need to eat junk food, so you eat junk food, so you feel like you need to eat junk food, so you keep eating junk food.
Welcome back, everybody. That was Melissa Rotto with Blue Sky. And joining us in the studio this morning is Dr. Sven Erstring. But before we come to Dr. Sven, we have another clue for our quiz. We've had a number of phone calls on this one already. A number of uh, people who had a stab at it. Nobody's got it correct yet. So, Gemma? The next clue is, when a priest was this many years old, he had to retire. Okay, what's the retirement age for a priest? Maybe, maybe we should bring this one back in. What do you reckon, uh, uh, Sven? Should we uh, <laughs> change the retirement age of priests here in Australia? And, you know, you and I could kind of retire young. But I enjoy sharing the good news. Yeah, about absolutely. Jesus. I, don't, I, don't, I don't actually plan on retiring. I don't want to retire young. <laughs> well, they had you back in the day, didn't they? Well, it depends on the superannuation. You know, what, what was the... Um, uh, the retirement benefits. Well, the retirement benefits, um, of course, in those days were your kids. So that's why you had lots of them. That's right. Have lots of kids. Um, there's, there's your retirement plan right there. So you better start getting busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I've kind of, that train has already gone for me. So um, Right. Okay. You've, you've got younger children's then. Maybe you could, I do. Um, maybe you could just increase the size of your family. Right. I'll, I'll take that message on board. <laughs> Uh, different times, different culture. <coughs> and of course, what's interesting about the retirement age for priests is that it's actually older than the average lifespan of the surrounding nations of Israel. Yes. So they obviously had some secrets that were giving them significantly longer lifespans mm. than the surrounding nations. We have to move on because you guys are definitely going to spoil oh, this gonna, quiz. We, we if we so keep talking this about this, away. the number is going to go away. So if you do know what the number is, I'm cutting both of these gentlemen off. Give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you will get a copy of Kemi Ogendi's CD, Note to Self. But, but Dr. Sven is here to talk about you know apologetics um, and why the Bible is true. And I think one of the greatest reasons why the Bible is true, we can see right here, when the Bible gives you the clue to live a longer, healthier life nice. from three and a half thousand years ago. Nice. You got it in, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Dr. Sven, what have we got today to talk about? Well, we've, we've got a really exciting topic to talk about. And the fact is this, is that anybody who's heard about the good news about Jesus is, I'd say, uh, for, for those who, who understand it and accept it, it's it blows them away. It's life changing. It is life changing, uh, because you very know, positive way. Exactly because it's you know that that classic verse for God to love the world that He sent His only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life, and and when that dawns in your mind and your heart, um, you know I I just stand back and I go wow I just love that verse even though it's the very famous it, it never becomes cliche for me. But then I, I guess the question arises when you stop and you think and you go like, okay, I've believed in Jesus and Jesus came to, uh, to die for me. And, but I've heard this good news. What about people who've never heard about it? And if they die, what's their future? So, so suddenly you're kind of thinking about that kind of fairness kind of issue. Um, so, so for example, you know, there, there might be a little old granny uh, living in a village in, in China. The classic, classic kind of um, scenario. Uh, Grown up in an atheistic environment, never heard of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Worshipped her ancestors and, and speaks Mandarin or some other Chinese dialect. And, and missionaries have never got to that, that village. Well, here's um, an example. 
what about an Aboriginal family living here in Australia 2,000 years ago? That's right. You know, because they were here, they were living here, but what access did they have to the gospel then? Well, of course, the apostles would have started out Jerusalem. They would have gone to Judea and Samaria. But as far as we know, they didn't make it to Australia. No, no, they didn't. And so the question is this, is what happens then? And, and what you, when you go to the Bible, the Bible is really clear. So the, the apostles talk about those, those guys, uh, when they went to the Sanhedrin, to the, the Jewish Senate, uh, and they, they were effectively interrogated. They said, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men uh, by which we must be saved. Okay, so they so were very clear. Absolutely. So your Aboriginal family living here in Australia are lost because of the geographical location in which they are born. And, and that just strikes to the heart of, of a person. When you think about God, you think he's loving. Yep. And fair, yes, and just. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. You no, know, just because where you're born, you 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 lose out on eternal life. Just because you, you know, you're you're living by a billabong, uh, and you, you don't get to hear about this amazing savior, this amazing good news. And, and with, sorry, and wouldn't the same kind of go for like children and babies that uh, die before they've old enough to make that decision, or they're old enough to even hear about the gospel? The same would kind of go for them as well, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm. You're absolutely right. So, so although the, there are some churches who would say if you can baptize the child young enough, he's still saved, and they'll even baptize you know the baby bump if they think the child might not survive the birth process. Um, and so, some churches do have a, a sort of a loophole for that, but 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 most churches. I've come across, and most Christians I've come across would say that our Aboriginal family living, you know, here in Australia two thousand years ago, is going to eternal hellfire just because of where they were born, and that is not fair. No, it isn't. It's it's incredibly not fair because you know uh, Paul says in Romans because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and then he goes on to ask this uh, um, you know really challenging question how will how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed and how can how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard and how are they to hear without someone uh, preaching or sharing the good news with them very very important question and it comes back it's not just about where you were born it ultimately comes back is god fair yes is god that a god is the big of, thing is god a god of love or not exactly and so so why would why should you and i uh, living in you know um privileged white australia let's let's just be you know just um upfront and honest with with uh, the three of us why should we get to heaven and an aboriginal uh family or a Chinese grandmother or a baby mm. just lose out on it all. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So the question is, what does the Bible say? And, and is, is there a way to understand this where we can understand both the love and the fairness of God? And so I want to dive into that uh, today because Paul actually goes into Romans um, or, or he dives into it in that chapter in Romans. Um, and he says this, but I ask, have they not heard? And then he says this amazing word, indeed they have. Yes. Indeed they have. For he says, for their voice has gone out to all the world and their uh, words to the ends of the, the world. Amazing, amazing. So what he says is that in actual fact, 
everybody has heard. Now, you in this chapter, you're specifically talking about the Jews. Mm-hmm. Um, but by extension, you can also um, talk about other people as well. So, so he says everybody's heard. Now, the question is, how has everybody heard the, the good news? That's a really good question. I would go to... Uh well, I know where I'd, I'd go to answer that question, but um, we could start with the conscience. We could, yes, yes. That's the voice of God. The conscience is the voice of God. Yes. You know, we all we all know when we have done something wrong, and the question is, why do we know when we have done something wrong? You know, if, if it's just a purely evolutionary process, then a lot of the things that our conscience tells us are wrong would actually be right. Yes. It's that like internal moral compass that everybody talks about, you know, that yes. they have like cultures from way back when, you know, still did things that they, you know, recognized as wrong and they had laws and rules which were developed somehow and had to come from somewhere, so it's that internal moral compass. Yeah. And and indeed it's it's a moral compass you say, but it's it's um connected in with that is that the Holy Spirit is actually speaking to every single person. That's mm. right. And the Bible is very very clear on that. And, and so no matter where you are, that we need to bring in this other concept um, um, that, that's very clear in the Bible, which is that God is not only loving and not only uh, fair, but, but he's also uh, what the Bible calls omnipresent or, mm. or philosophers, or he's, he's literally present everywhere. So, so if you're driving on a truck, um, on a road up to, to Brisbane, you know, um, alongside Kempsey. God, God is, is with you when you're driving that truck. Yes. He, he's, he's with you, as, as David says, when you're scuba diving and, and you're diving off the, you know, uh, what, Hamilton Island, uh, Great Barrier Reef or whatever. You know, he, he's, he's with you when you're flying in a plane you know, trying to escape the coronavirus from China. Indeed. You know, he, he's, he's literally uh, everywhere. And, and he can speak to our minds and our hearts. And this is a really, really important thing uh, because, um, because the fact is this, is that, that God is wanting to save every single person um, down through history. And it, it comes back to what you were saying before about that Aboriginal family. Let's trace it back a little bit further as well. What about Abraham? What about David? What about Moses and, and people like that? Uh, did, did, did they know the story of Jesus? Did, had they heard about the name Jesus? No, they hadn't. No. This is a very important point. So there's no other salvation in any other name other than the name of Jesus Christ. And before, you know, Jesus actually lived and did his ministry on earth, no one had heard the name of Jesus. So David and Moses, as as you were just mentioning, it's and it's, it's just I'm just realizing this. Moses, David, Elijah, all of these Daniel, great men of the Bible, had never heard of Jesus, but they had they had met him personally. Yes. They had met him personally through through the power of the Holy Spirit, and so so this is a really really important thing is is we can trust even when we hear uh, that the message the good news about Jesus uh, we can we can trust that God is fair that He's doing everything um, within His powers and God is all powerful so that everybody can can meet Jesus for themselves. 
And so it's not so much that, that you know, uh, do we have the, uh, the, the, the Bible, the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the Gospels, but it's are we responding to God as he reveals himself to us right now? Isn't there a verse in the Bible somewhere that talks about people turning up in heaven who have never heard of Jesus? There, there is in the, in the in the Old Testament. I I'd have to um, check it out. Zechariah. Yes, Zechariah. Let me just even find yes. it for you real quick. Zechariah. Let me just flick over there real quick and see. If in I can the, in the last chapters out. of Zechariah, and and so this is really important. Now, there's another question that follows on from it. So so suddenly, you know, if you're a, a person who's just accepted Jesus, you can you can rest assured that God is fair. And that he, um, just because if you've heard about Jesus, will not mean that other people who haven't heard about Jesus, uh, the name Jesus, cannot uh, be, be, um, be saved. Um, but there's another thing as well, which comes in, a very practical thing as well, is uh, this, that, um, that you might sit back and say, um, uh, you might sit back and say, okay, well, everybody's going to hear about Jesus wherever they live, whatever they do, you know, whether they're Muslim, Buddhist, uh, Baha'i, whatever. So I can just sit back. I can experience the, the, the blessings of the gift of salvation, eternal life, and, and I don't need to worry about them anymore. This is a this is an interesting point. So if everybody has a conscience, why should I go and share the gospel? Why yeah, should I yeah. be involved in missionary endeavor? Exactly, exactly. Because you know, God's already doing the work. So 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 I just enjoy it. I I have the individual blessings of it, but I have no further responsibility uh, to go any further. So why should we? You know, why should we? Two hundred years ago, have sent missionaries to Australia to tell the uh, indigenous Australians about Jesus Christ? Exactly, exactly. But there's there's something really, really important that we need to know. And this is even when uh, a person has the opportunity uh, to to meet Jesus in, in through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, but they've never heard the gospel story. So they've never heard the Christmas story about Jesus' miracles, about his, um, his teachings, the Sermon on the Mount, his betrayal. Uh, um, his arrest, his trial and crucifixion, and then his resurrection as well. There's a very important, even if they only uh, meet uh, God through the Holy Spirit, only meet Jesus through the Holy Spirit, the fact is this, their life will be better if they knew Jesus more explicitly. Indeed, absolutely. If, if, they, if they knew it for himself. Yeah, Fantastic. Um, and so, absolutely, Jesus is the very best way of finding salvation by knowing him personally. We, uh, so Dr. Sven, we're out of time, so we're going to move on with uh, Carly Fletcher, which is bringing us in the name of Jesus. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. Sweet name of Jesus Just claim His name and His righteousness He'll stand for you For He is true There is salvation Salvation in Jesus' name 
to Faith FM, positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Make me a channel of your peace 
Where there is hatred, let me bring your love. Where there is injury, your pardon, Lord. And where there's doubt, true faith in you. Oh, Master, grant that I may never see so much to be consoled as to console. Despair in life, let me bring hope. And where there's darkness, only light. And where there's sadness, ever joy. Oh, Master, grant that I may never see so much to be consoled. To love with all my soul Make me a channel of your peace It is in pardoning that we are pardoned In giving to all men that we receive And in dying that we're born to Channel of your pain. Make me a channel.